um, sharing the word of God with you all tonight. Um, Teresa, could you please put the um, confession? Yes, <laughs> sorry. I, I know it by heart. I, on Sunday, I was able to say it twice by heart, but I'm not going to risk it today. <laughs> if you could please stand. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens my morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your promises that are sure, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you put the right words in my mouth today, that I can speak your word with truth. Holy Spirit, let words that are true that you want me to say be the only words that come out of my mouth tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'm here because it was Jonathan's turn to preach. But he's been t- he, he told Pastor Mike, he's going to preach. He's a preacher too. <laughs> so we are going to, sometimes I'll take his place, and I'm being obedient to God and to my husband. <laughs> so every December 31st, Johnny and I, um, we, we talk about our year, um, what we accomplished, and our shortfalls. And... There, there's been years where we've, our conversations have been um, discouraging, and because we have received many promises from God regarding our calling and our purpose for, for His kingdom, and every year went by and nothing will happen, and and we will start the year and say, this is the year, this is the year that we are going to go out into ministry, that we will start our church, and this is the year, and December 31st came, and nothing happened, so it was disappointing to us, Um, after listening for so many years, um, we've been married 19 years, and we've been listening to God's promises since the beginning of our marriage. Even before we got married, I knew that I was going to marry a pastor. And when I saw Jonathan, I saw a pastor. And he didn't, he didn't know that he was a pastor and that he was going to be a pastor, but I knew it in my heart. And, and I've, we've been waiting in, in the expectation of what God is going to, to do in our lives. So I want to share with you our testimony and, and how God um, brought us to where we are today in, in, in this part of our journey. And I know that we are not there yet, but we are in the right path to fulfill his um, calling over in our lives. So the title of my message is, In the Meantime, What Do We Do in This Process of Waiting? Psalm 27:14 says, "Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord." As humans, it's not easy waiting. We don't like waiting because we have everything at our fingertips. We we have Amazon Prime. I place orders on Amazon. I don't leave my house. And today, this morning, I placed two orders, 
and they were delivered already. So uh, it's convenient. We are living in the Google era. The information is at our fingertips. I, I want to know any information. I just Google, and there's lots of information. When I was little, my parents bought encyclopedias, and I will use encyclopedias to study, and I will have to spend hours researching and then trying to find the, the right answers. But today, I mean, I just want to know something, Google. Okay, yes, there it is. We have maps in our phones. So everything is very convenient to us right now. And, and that, you know, it, <laughs> it makes us even, well, you know, I don't want to say it, but it's laziness, right? Because everything is there. It's so easy. So if we are impatient, we are more impatient because we want everything like now, right now. Um, I personally don't like waiting. Like, I am the type of person that I just want things now. I'm in business. I'm very busy. Like, when people come and talk to me in the office, I'm just like, get to the point and, and just hurry up. <laughs> so I want to share with you a testimony that some of you have heard. Um, last year, my brother-in-law came to Houston, and he was invited to a church to preach. And um, we went to that church, and since I walked to the church, I saw many things that were not right according to my expectations. Because I am used to our church and how everything is done in an orderly fashion. And Jonathan knows me, and he told me when we see it, stay positive. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay positive. <laughs> So the, the gentleman that was hosting the event, he grabbed the microphone and he prayed for the service. And after praying, he sang a song. And after he sang the song, um, he spoke a little bit more. And then he passed on the microphone to the worship team. We had a, an awesome time of worship. And after the worship um, set list, um, he came back to the altar, grabbed the microphone, um, and he started preaching again. And I'm like, okay, we have a guest preacher. When is, you know, the guest preacher going to preach? So I was starting to feel a little bit, like, anxious. And he, he preached, he said some words, and, and after that, and I think that he sang a song, and after that, he passed on the microphone to a gentleman that sang three songs. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is like, wow. <laughs> and after the third song, uh, the gentleman asked the pastor, can I, pray? Can I sing two more? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Let's move on to the, to, to the preaching. So um, when my brother-in-law preached, he, he did the altar call. It, it was a beautiful service. The host came back to the altar, and he started preaching again. And it was like 10 o'clock already. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And he sang a song to his wife because he was so grateful to his wife. And at that point, I lost it. I'm like, this is it. I grabbed my phone and I told my, my sister-in-law, God brought me here to die. 
exclamation point. <laughs> and the funny thing about that is that, well, it's not even funny. Jonathan came out of that service so blessed. He was like, he, like the thunder hit him, and I was like, oh my goodness, I, I don't want to ever <laughs> go through that again. So my brother-in-law was just here um, last weekend, and we, we went to a church, and on the second service, um, a, a, a man started to preach, and then he said, I felt um, led by the Holy Spirit to sing, and I was like, oh my goodness. But you know what was the difference in that service? I kept a positive attitude, like Jonathan told me. <laughs> On the prior service, I learned my lesson, and I was blessed in those services. It, it, it was, to me, um, musically, um, there were tough <laughs> services. I was telling the, the team today that um, in the worship, um, the, the lady singing, she sang all the songs out of key for the 30 minutes that she sang. And, and I was just with my eyes closed. Jesus, I love you. I worship you. I love you. <laughs> but I tried to change my perspective, right? And I came out of those services so blessed. Like I was like, oh my goodness, Jesus, I, I want more of this. I want more of that passion. Because it doesn't matter how the service is according to our expectations. What God cares is about the people's hearts. And in both services... People were there with hunger, with just an openness to the Holy Spirit. They, they will sing and sing and sing, and it was, it was beautiful. So now you guys know that I am learning to be patient, and that's something that God is dealing with me. So um, Psalm 27 says to wait for the Lord, to be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. So waiting takes determination. Deciding not to move and doing what it seems like nothing is hard because I like to be doing something. I like to feel that, that I'm taking action, that I am achieving something. Waiting requires strength and waiting in God requires confidence. To take heart, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, means to gain courage or confidence to begin to feel better and more hopeful. So in other words, Psalm 27:14 says something like this. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and begin to feel better and more hopeful. Have confidence and wait for the Lord. Many times in, in my life, I felt like losing hope and, and giving up. Um, I'm going to, this is not in my notes, but when I was pregnant with Jeremy, I had um, miscarriage symptoms. I had two miscarriages before Jeremy. And um, at the same time that I had both miscarriages, I started bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. So I went to the hospital and I'm like, okay, so this is the third miscarriage. Um, and when I was at the hospital, there were people that they were asking me and, and just chit-chatting with me and asking me why you're here. Now I would tell them I'm having a miscarriage. I, they're just checking if the baby's there. If, if the baby's there, they're just going to take me to the OR and clean me. 
And um, they will tell me, don't lose hope, don't lose hope. So when the nurse took me to take um, an ultrasound, um, she called the doctor, and the doctor came in, and they told me, do you want to see your baby? Um, is, is, he, is the baby there? And this is your baby. He was there. So sometimes when we feel like giving hope, let's just not give up. Because we might lose our miracle because we are losing hope and we are quitting. So one of the things that I learned while I waited and in this waiting period is that we cannot enter our promised land until unresolved business is taken care of. In Deuteronomy 135, it says, Not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land that I swore to give to your fathers. God promised the people of Israel a land where milk and honey was, will flow from that land. God told them, this is your land. And they, they didn't go in at that land. And it was the promised land. They couldn't go into the promised land because they, their hearts were not right. They saw God do so many amazing things. The way they came out of Egypt, God provided for them manna. God provided for them water. And still, they will doubt God. At any time that they could, they will just go and worship idols. How, how could you do that after you've seen all that God has done for them? So there were issues in their hearts that were not taken care of. So for us to go into our promised land and receive that promise that, that God has given us, we need to deal with our hearts. God wants our hearts whole. He cares about our hearts because from our hearts flows life. We cannot help others if our hearts are not right, if we have so many hurts. In Matthew 5, 23 to 24, it says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Your right standing with God is invaluable. He, he cares about your heart. He wants your heart in the right place. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So there was a season in our lives that we had to, to work in our marriage. Um, Jonathan and I um, in Puerto Rico, we worked there um, as youth pastors. We moved to Houston. And, and, in, and in that time, we were hurt. Um, we were hurt with family members. We, we were hurt um, with friends from church. And we were so, so, so hurt that Jonathan didn't want to know anything about ministry. 
but anything. And I will tell him, Jonathan, but you have a calling. God called you to be a pastor. And he's like, I don't want to be a pastor. Don't you understand that I don't want to be a pastor? Like, I don't want it. And, I'm, and I will get so, so, so frustrated. And, and we will fight about it. I mean, but I was wrong. Like, first of all, it wasn't God time, God's time. And, and we needed to deal with our hearts. We, we needed to, to heal our hearts and be restored. I had to identify what was the root cause of all, all those things that were building inside of me. And one of the things that I learned um, in school of ministry, when I heard the pastor say that, uh, I was, it, it just amazed me. Um, I am bold. Um, I, I sometimes I am very straightforward. I just say what I think, um, and that's good. But you know, it's not always good to to say whatever comes to your mouth and just say it. This week, um, I was at the office talking to the vice president of the company and my boss, and we were in a meeting. And, and Jan, the vice president, he was talking about hybrid work and how he doesn't like hybrid work. He's young. He's on his 40s. Um, and he was like, I don't understand why people work from home. And, you know, um, I may be old-fashioned. Maybe I need to modernize. And I just look at him and I tell him, you do. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And they just laughed. And I thank God that they appreciate me <laughs> because I was very straight with him. Um, and, and he thought he was funny. <laughs> so, so sometimes I just say <laughs> what comes out of my mouth. And one of the things that I've struggled with was with proving my point. I have to prove my point, always. My son, Diego, is just like that. He always has to prove his point. So sometimes you have to go to my house, and there is, like, this fight between Diego and I because, like, I'm right, but he's right. So I, I will never lose, but he will never lose either. So it's like we are the same. So because I'm always right, <laughs> and I always have to prove my point, I lost friendship because of that. Because I, I knew that the things that I was saying, that I, things that I said, I know that they were real. Um, I grew up in a very um, religious church. My uncles are pastors. Um, so I, I grew up in a family of many pastors and Pentecostal pastors where we couldn't use pants, um, no makeup. We couldn't shave our legs or use like the bangs. So, and I've always liked to use bangs. Like, I shaved my legs when I was 12 years old. Um, I've always worn a little bit of lipstick. So, you know, tradition hurt me a lot because I couldn't participate at church because I like to have bangs. I couldn't participate at church because I, I would wear a little bit of lipstick. So... To me, it was hurtful because I, I wanted to sing. I, I wanted to participate in church, but I couldn't. So religion really hurt me. And I remember one day we were in a meeting um, with church leaders. And, and this is a testimony of 
one time that I lost a very dear friend. I've lost her friendship to this day. Um, we were talking in the, in the meeting, and uh, my friend's dad said, well, I don't think that a woman should sing with pants because it's not worthy. And coming from where I come from, I, I, was, I just had to ask him, can you show me where is that in the Bible? Can you just show me? Um, and I'm sorry, but that is religion. And I said it, and now I regret it because I lost my friends. Because I was, I was trying to <laughs> prove a point. And, you know, love and friendship sometimes are more important than proving your point. I, I lost my friend. And we will go to her house every weekend. We will go after church to her house. And we just, now we just see each other, hey, how are you? And that's it. So it's, you know, it's better to walk in love and, and if, if it doesn't compromise the word of God, you know, sometimes it's better just to stay quiet. So that was one of the things and one of the lessons that I learned in this journey. So um, what do we do while we wait? I have some Three points um, that I've seen that worked in our lives, and there are so many, many, many more that, that we can talk about. Um, the first one is serve. God gave Joseph a huge dream, huge dream. And after he gave Joseph a dream, he was traded as a slave. And he was in slavery for about 13 years. And in those years that he was a slave, he served. He didn't stop serving. So before that dream came to a reality, he served. Another example from the Bible is David. David served to Saul. Even when he was anointed to be king, he served Saul. Even when Saul wanted to kill him, he kept serving him and honoring him. So we need to serve while we wait. Johnny, um, the other day we were talking and I was asking him, Jonathan, how many things you've done at church? And I'm going to read them. So Jonathan has served in the sound booth. He served as an usher, as a greeter. He was a youth leader and a pastor. We were Sunday school teachers. We worked in the nursery. We worked in children's church. Um, I've been in worship ministry. And even in a time where we just sat and did nothing but, but received healing and restoration, we will go to the church once a month and clean it. So even when it seems like we were doing nothing, we were doing something. We always served. And not only here. At work. Um, Many years ago, um, I started working in this company and um, I trained with the person that knew the most about the business. So I, I, that was a great advantage and privilege because I got to know everything about the business. So because I, I knew everything about the business, I went to my boss 
to the finance director. He was not my boss. He was the boss of my boss. And my boss was retiring. And I asked him, I want you to consider me for my boss role. And he told me, oh, you're interested in that role? I'm like, yes, I'm interested in that role. He's okay, I'm going to think about it. So when my boss retired, they hired another person that didn't know about the business. And I, I was so upset. I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that they did this. I'm going to leave this company, and I'm going to go to the parent company because what they did to me. So I went and got a job in, in the parent company. I was working for a subsidiary. And the vice president um, said, okay, you can go and work there, but you have to stay here for six months. And I'm like, what? He's going to make me work here six months? I want to leave. <laughs> Just let me go. So in those six months, I worked hard, but very, very hard. And I, I will go to meetings, and I will be there as, as if I was never leaving. I worked very, very hard, and I served in that company a lot. So when the time was coming to, <laughs> to leave to the other job, the vice president called me to his office, and he told me, will you consider staying? Um, I have a, 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 an opportunity for you, and I would like you to manage projects. And these are the projects that I want you to manage. I will give you a pay raise. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to stay. Well, when I was about to finish with the projects, I told him, hey, um, I need work. So do you have anything else for me and, you know, any other projects? And he's like, well, I'm going to transition you. So he transitioned me to the role that I asked. And, and why did I get that job? Now I know. I, I didn't understand at that time. Because I stayed there, and while I stayed there, um, I wanted to leave, but I worked there very hard. I, I wasn't doing it with a wrong heart or anything. And um, that same vice president that was in that company in the... He was in the subsidiary. Now he, then he moved to the parent company. He's the same vice president that hired me for the role that I'm doing today. So I'm training right now to be a director. All because I stayed and I decided while I stayed here and while I wait for my six months, I'm going to continue serving and working. So while you wait, serve. Find something to do at church. At work, serve. Have the right heart, the right attitude. Work as if you are doing it for God. Amen? And if you are serving right now, don't give up. The Bible says, um, let me see, where is it? Teresa, I don't think that you have this verse. Oh my goodness cannot find it in my notes. I cannot find it. I cannot find the Bible verse, but I know what it says in my own words. That if we don't grow weary, we will reap, right? So don't give up. Because if you don't give up, 
you will get your reward from God. Amen. Secondly, um, what to do while you wait? Get to know and acknowledge God. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Truth, trust, I'm sorry, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. So while you are waiting, get to know God. Get to know him in areas that you haven't um, have a, a revelation of who he is. I, I feel that I've always known God as my provider. I, I know that he provides for me. When we were in Puerto Rico, um, there was a period of time that I was finishing college. I had Jeremy and Diego. And I decided I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to study because I just needed like one more year to finish my bachelor's degree. So in that time, the only thing I was doing was doing wedding planning. And Jonathan would work and his salary was $800 a month. So we had a $300 rent payment, a $300 car payment, we will pay phone, we will have to do groceries, and we didn't have any government benefits. So if you do the math, we are already in the negative. So we will rely on Jonathan's salary, and whenever the brides will call me, hey, I have a payment for you, I will go and and get the payment and, and pay our bills. So there was one time that we were behind two months on the car payment. And I was driving home, and I started crying, and I told God, I need the money to pay my car. I don't have the money, but I know you have it. Somewhere you have it. One hour later, a bride called me, and she told me, oh, can you come home? I have something for you. I went there. It was the money for the two car, months of car payments, for tithes, for groceries. It was more than enough. So I know God as my provider. But one of the things that I couldn't believe for, it was for a house. I will always struggle with that. And I will always question God, why I don't have a house? Why my friends buy a house? Why? And I don't have a house. I'm like 30-something and still I don't have a house. And it wasn't until we went to Bible school that I learned the difference between mental ascent and faith. In that area of my life, I was working in mental ascent. I wasn't sure. I I wasn't 100% convinced that God was going to provide me a house. I wasn't. So in, in our Bible school, we took like three months of faith. So it was faith, faith, faith. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to buy a house. So I just one day I grabbed the phone like out of the blue with no money for down payment or anything. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's kind of irresponsible. Um, and I'm like, well, I, I would like to apply for a loan for a house and, you know, and see how it goes. 
I was approved for the loan, the money for the down payment, everything appeared, and we bought our first house. So in that process of waiting, I got to know God in an area that I didn't know him before, that I didn't have a full revelation of him. Um, I remember like two years ago, I was reading the Bible, and I read the Bible verse where it says that God was made poor so that we could be rich. I grew up in church. I heard that Bible verse many, many, many times. But that day when I read that, I started like, yes, yes, yes. God, Jesus, you were made poor so that I could be rich. Yes. Like that in my house, like a crazy woman. Because I, I got it. I got the revelation. Yes, yes. And... I've, I've asked God for very, like, my, prayer, my prayers have been, okay, Jesus, this is the salary I have now. I want this salary in two years. One day I was asking him, and I gave him a salary, and he asked me, is that the salary you want? I'm like, no, I want more. <laughs> like, no, I know that you can give me more. And he gave me even more, like even more. So I've learned to know him in that area of my life, in this process of waiting. So um, that Bible verse says that we have to know him and acknowledge him. So I went to the dictionary to look what the definition of acknowledge is. And there are three definitions. The first one is to say that you accept or do not deny the truth or existence of something. We have to accept that God is real. He is not a fairy tale. His word is real. Whatever his word says, it settles the matter. It's final. Second, to acknowledge is to regard or describe someone or something as having or deserving a particular status. We need to acknowledge God as our Savior, King, as our Lord. And Lord means that He is the ruler of our lives. Amen. And acknowledge that He is my Lord. When we say, Lord, I love you, you are saying, Lord, my Master, my, the one that has control over my life. And third is to tell or show someone that something such as a letter or message has been received. When we receive a package from UPS or FedEx, sometimes it requires a signature. So what we do, we sign, and that signature is an acknowledgement that we receive that package. So God, Jesus, when you receive Jesus in your heart, he gave you healing. He saved your soul. He gave you blessings. Everything that you need, he gave to you. So we need to acknowledge that we have all those things. I have healing. I have prosperity. I have salvation of my soul. And we need to tell others of what we have. We cannot just keep it for ourselves. We need to share it. In that Bible verse, it says... um, Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. 
our understanding could be deceiving. Um, as, I, as I shared before, um, I, I wanted Jonathan to start in ministry about eight, nine years ago, and, and in my own understanding, he was ready, and I was ready. I was like, oh, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. I know I can do it. No, I wasn't ready. I'm, I'm still not ready. I'm like, I'm learning. I'm growing, right? And, but in that moment in time, I, will, I, I just wanted to just go full throttle and let's just open a church and let's do this. I don't know how, but, you know, we cannot rely on our own understanding, Isaiah 46.10, it says, um, Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, My plan will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. God knows the end from, he knows the, end from the beginning, yes. He knows that where we are today is not where we are going to be in 10 years or in three months. He knows. He, he, he knows our every step. And sometimes we just take for granted what we are doing today because we are so focused on other things. The other day I was praying. I was telling God, oh, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Please, I, that, those are things that I don't want to do. And he just told me, focus on now. You know, just focus on where you are today. And that's it. And whatever comes, he will prepare me to get there. Right? Amen. And lastly, when we are waiting, we have to worship. Teresa, can you put um, Psalm 27? It's not okay. So I'm going to read the whole verse, uh, the whole chapter. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Um, can you move to, move to there? <laughs> oh, though uh, a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray. O oh Lord, be merciful and answer me. 
My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. I love how um, there is a lot of worship. Um, we Worship is bring us to a place of breakthrough. Um, several weeks ago, I asked um, the, the ladies... Um, from church to pray for my friend Lila. Lila is uh, my friend since I am in elementary school. Um, we went to high school together, we went to college together, and when I started going to Maranata, our home church in Puerto Rico, she was there. She was the leader of the um, dance ministry um, in our church in Puerto Rico we had um, during worship time like dance and she will lead that team well um, she is um, Jeremy's godmother she hosted my baby shower Diego's baby shower so I mean Jonathan lived with them for a period of time they've been a blessing to our lives they, they're people that we love and they're family so about 10 years ago, Lila started feeling um, pain in her back, um, pain in her legs. She will have trouble walking. And after many, many, many studies, the doctor discovered that she had a type of cancer that is very rare. And um, basically, that illness took all the strength of her body. So she, she will... She, she didn't control her neck. Um, if she would put her head down, it would stay like that. Somebody will have to help her get her head straight. She lost the movement of, our, of her hands. She couldn't raise her hands past these. Um, it, it was a very, very difficult situation. We went to Florida several times to visit them. And the amazing thing is that we will go there to encourage her, and the ones encouraged were us. And I was like, how can she be like that? How can she worship in the midst of so much pain? She never stopped worshiping God. The other day I was watching a video, and she was at her house with friends singing songs to the Lord. She, she was always worshiping. She will tell us, if I'm here today, if I'm just talking to you and, and I, it's because of God. She will spend the whole day listening to worship music. Um, and 
she wrote this book while she was in, in, in that process. And the title of the book is In the Meantime. So it has 30 devotions of what to do while you wait. And I, I was like, how, how can she do that? How can she worship like that while she waits for a miracle? And she passed away um, about two weeks ago. And that morning I woke up and when I learned of the news, I was so upset. I was very upset. I went to the kitchen and, and I, I'm being honest, I wanted to rebel against God because I'm like, how? Why? I don't understand this. And in the middle of my conversation and my fight with God, I just started singing, Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. And while I was singing like that, I started singing it like I could barely sing and all of a sudden I was, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. That worship brought breakthrough in my life. And, and it is so important for us to, to worship God while we wait. And, and remember who he is. Remember his promises. He is not going to leave us. Even if we don't see the results. Diego will tell me, Mama, why is he doing that? Why is he, why is he doesn't want any more treatment? Why? I don't get it. And I told him, you know what, Diego? She is going to be healed or be healed. If she stays here, she'll be healed. If she goes to heaven, she'll be healed. So it's like, for her, it's a win-win situation. So we have to worship. Worship, worship, and worship. Even when you, what you might see is like, oh, God is doing nothing. I don't see him moving. Just keep believing. Keep worshiping. He is working on your behalf. So, Isaiah 4031, and this is the last uh, verse that I'm going to read. It says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. The English Standard Version says, But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. When you wait for the Lord, God will give you new strength. God will, will give you the strength that you didn't even know that you had. Sometimes um, one of um, Lila's words on one of her chapters is, sometimes you don't know how strong you are until strength is all you have. And that's what God does when we wait for him. He strengthens us. He shows us things that we never seen before. The, when the eagles are flying so, so high, they see things from a different perspective because they're so high. And, and God is, is going to give us wings like eagles and we will soar in the heights and we will see things like we haven't seen them before. Amen? So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you because you are faithful, Jesus. Father, 
I decide, and, and I pray that my brothers and sisters who are listening to me tonight, if they are struggling, if they are waiting for a miracle, I hope that this word encourages them to wait on you, Jesus, to have hope, to not to give up and wait for the promise that you have given us. Because I know, Jesus, that you will fulfill it because you don't lie, Jesus. We trust in your word. We will wait on you, patiently on you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We are dismissed.